Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse. I am Gemma Sereniti Gorokov, your host, and today we have a exciting guest, Carrie Lewis, or Carrie Lou, for those who know her. Carrie has absolutely nailed authenticity, identity, inner strengths, power, so that now she is empowering others to get out of addiction, to recover from mental health disorders or issues or anxiety and things like that. And I'm telling you, you are in for a treat. That is such a beautiful introduction. I will gladly accept all of that because I have really stepped into my authentic power and done and continue to do an immense amount of healing. But I am just so beyond privileged to be connected once again with you, Gemma, your your generosity of spirit and your just real open-heartedness just moves me immensely. It has since we first met. So thank you for this opportunity to speak with you today. It's absolutely an honor, a pleasure, a privilege for me too. Thank you so much. All right, so let's get started with your story. Let's do a short overview of your story, starting with where you are at now with addiction, mental health, recovery coach, or anything more than you want to add. And let's rewind a little bit with the kind of abuse you overcame in your life. Mm. So for... Anybody who's curious, uh, I am really a guide for other people to overcome addiction, addictive behaviors, and really all mental health issues that keep us in bondage, unable to live our full authentic self. And most people have addictions, uh, mental health issues, because they've never really stopped to learn themselves outside of the narratives, the belief systems that we've been conditioned to show up in throughout our life, right? And that was very much my life from as early as I can remember. There was a lot of fear, very present, a lot of verbal and emotional abuse. And so I grew up with this ideology that I was unworthy and I was bad. Subsequently, chasing that love I never found at home, I fell hard and fast into addiction at 14 to sex and drugs, which then led me eventually to experience uh, two rapes, as well as uh, get involved in a relationship that was seeped with domestic violence, and really on both ends, because even though my partner was a physical abuser, I didn't have the capacity to show up in love for myself or him. And so there was a lot of abuse on both sides of the coin. After being held against my will, I took this gentleman through the court system, which forced me to get sober the first time. And I really worked diligently studying all things related to mental, physical, and spiritual health to kind of break free from all of those narratives and beliefs that have been embedded into me. But if you're not working on your mental health actively all the time, your mental health will be overtaken by fear. And that's what happened. I fell back into addiction to perfectionism, to work, believing that I needed to climb the corporate ladder 
to achieve success in order to be worthy of love. And then because that really wasn't true, I was suffering. I fell back into addiction to alcohol. And it wasn't until my older sister passed away that I was able to break free from all addictions, utilizing all the tools, the skills, um, strategies I had incurred over a lifetime of study from 14 to my 30s and really broke free from the generational trauma of abuse, addiction, and I help my daughters and I really show up as individual, empowered, authentic women who now really feel it's incredibly important to advocate for and give support to others who are figuring out their way into who they have always been, but have been covered up by society's narratives and beliefs and habits. That is an absolute amazing overview. Thank you for sharing that with us, because that gives us a glimpse, a first approach to how you have actually transformed your life from where to where. And that is very essential when someone is looking for a way out. Yeah. On Real Talk, Real Women, we are breaking the silence around abuse because the biggest strength of victims hiding in plain sight who do not, rec who do not recognize themselves as victims, never, Absolutely is yes. silence. You never share what happened. It has never happened. It was just a nightmare. Forget about it. Show up, smile, be pretty, succeed. Boom, life is good. Now you go back home, what happens? All hell break loose. And you are back in the muddy reality that you hide to everybody else and to yourself too. That is why we have that show. So, Knowing that, understanding that that is what that is the, the, the woven fabric of this uh, podcast. What can you share with our audience? Imagining that right now they have to make the first step to recognize that there is an abusive and toxic relationship in their lives that is making them miserable and that they make believe that they are good, but they are not. Mm. About that. You know, that is such an interesting question to unpack. And the reality is, is you have to first, you know, I, I tell people I got them like a fish and that's really true um, because I really force people to examine all behaviors, all belief systems. But the reality is, is I encourage people to the awareness piece is really the most that's that's your starting point. Right. Is just becoming aware. And if you're in suffering, if you are unhappy, if you do not live joyfully most of the time, then I would encourage you to ask the question, why is it I'm in suffering? Because that is going to at least give you an awareness. And you may not even have all the answers, right? But you're never going to be able to start to take action if you don't ask yourself the question. 
And, or even if you're happy, right? Cause you mentioned like, we're not even honest with ourselves. And that's the reality. I tell people all the time. The biggest issue I see is that people don't speak their truth first to themselves and they don't speak their truth uh, to the world. So you got to start being honest with, even if it's just yourself. That's true. This first piece of awareness this first piece of awareness truly changes the landscape. When you start to say, okay, let's assume that I have a problem with this toxic and abusive relationship. Regardless of the level of abuse there is, it starts with emotional, mental, financial, then you feel forced, you feel guilty, then you lose your identity. And then it can become violent and hit you in the face or in the body or somewhere, somewhere hidden. That I know too, <laughs> somewhere hidden. Do you know where was <clears throat> my biggest bruise ongoing because of all that situation? Here, mm. behind. And it was always hidden. But it did hurt. And that was his ways of just pinching to say, you walk my, according to my rules, you stop playing your rules. Yeah. Whoa, it's not love. That is not love. Yeah, but it's asking yourself, does this feel good? You know, and here's the thing, Gemma, that, that if, if you take nothing away from this conversation other than Anybody who is listening, you guys are entitled to feel good. We were put into this human experience so that way we can feel immense joy and immense love. And if you're experiencing anything outside of that, whether you question if you're in an abusive relationship, if you're in an abusive work relationship, which often happens, then you, you know, I really want you to start to give yourself permission to recognize that you get to feel joy. You get to feel good all the time throughout your days. And if you don't, what do you need to start doing to start feeling good? And I really encourage and empower all of you guys to ask yourself that question. Amazing question. When you start to really ask yourself that question, it starts to open up possibilities, starting by changing yourself and therefore changing your situations, your environment, things around you so that it starts to match your new self. That is what is going on. That is that big shift. I have a question for you. We, we have a glimpse about your life. And you mentioned that your older sister passed and that was your second big thing. Is that your definitive shift to completely recover, completely get rid of addiction, completely step into your new self that you have evolved and become more of who you are now? Or is there another situation that made you? Well, you know, I would say that there's, there's twofold, right? So there was a first. So I, as I alluded to earlier, I'm a two-time rape thriver. 
because I don't even survive. I am beyond that. But um, I was raped both times by people I loved. First, by a very good friend of mine. And then, of course, by my uh, significant other. And he knew that I'd been raped by a good friend. And he knew what that did to my psyche because I had shared that with him. So when I told him I was leaving, he held me against his will and raped me. And basically, I felt like he was trying to break my spirit. And I remember literally, I don't know if it was an out-of-body experience, but I remember some deep reservoir of like fire come up and say, there will never be another person who wounds me the way in which this person is wounding me right now. And that was the first experience, you know, but even before then, my twin sister saw my face kicked in and she looked at me and she said, Kerry, you're going to die if you stay. And this ties into what you were saying a little bit earlier about, you know, once we start to make that transition for ourselves, what if we don't love ourselves enough to do the work, to even ask ourselves the question, right? If we are so disassociated that we don't even allow ourselves to feel, we don't even know we're suffering because we are just getting on. What if you can't love yourself that much? Because that's where I was. I didn't love myself enough to get sober. I loved my twin sister enough. I love my twin sister enough because she and I had been through the wars together our whole life. And I couldn't imagine leaving her to face life alone. And so really that was the catalyst to start to do that work because I knew that I was responsible or at least in my mind, of course, now I know differently, but in my mind then I was responsible for sticking around to help her go through life. And then fast forward after I went through the court case and, you know, I've been doing all this work. The reality is I did a lot of the work, but I never actually examined why I was climbing corporate America, why I believed I felt I was unlovable, why I believed I was bad, something that was embedded in me, I believe many, many lifetimes ago, because it's something I am still constantly healing, working through. Um, but when Shelly died, my older sister, I ended up in her apartment and I she threw up all her blood from drinking and I sat in all her blood and I knew in that moment that I had everything I needed within myself. Like it was like an out of body or experience a conversation with me and my higher power, whatever you choose that to be, whether it's God, whether it's source energy, for me, it's love. And I I essentially was told, Kerry, you have always had the ability to not only heal yourself, but break the generational trauma. The only thing that, that has held you back is you've acquired knowledge. You just haven't taken action. So you have all of the wisdom in you, but you really have to actually move forward and take the steps to utilize that wisdom rather than keep it in you. And that was where I knew I would never go back to addiction, addictive behavior. And I was going to pull out of me the root cause of suffering so that I would never feel like I needed to lean into anybody um, as a method to 
help me feel good, to help me ease my angst if I'm in sadness, to help me move through hard times. I wanted to figure out what I needed so I could be that reservoir of strength for myself. And in doing so, that taught me how to love myself unconditionally. And as a result, I can now love everybody else unconditionally as well. Thank you. Thank you for your experience. Thank you for sharing it with us. I understand how it transition it has been for you in your identity. Yeah. That's beautiful. I have another question for you. Yeah. There are symbols of skulls behind you. And I remember there is a huge story behind that. Please tell us that story too. Yeah. Well, it's been an evolving story, much like the one that, you know, you and I are each in, in our own journeys. But it started when I had to go to court every month with my ex. Um, you know, you have to show up, you have to talk to the DA. I did all of these appointments by myself as I really, even at that time, felt one, unworthy. I didn't even know how to ask for help from a standpoint of walking through that. And so some somebody, I don't even remember who said to me, symbols are a form of protection. And so for me, I really latched on to that. Symbols, skulls were a form of protection. And so I latched on to that. So every single time I went to court, I was terrified. I was eight, not 19, 20 years old. I didn't have family to support me. So I would carry a skull and it was like this symbol of strength for me. And I just, I remember just loving it. And so it evolved over time. I still kept my affinity for skulls. And then the last time my older sister and I saw each other, we ended up getting matching skull tattoos because she knew I love skulls and I wasn't going to get a fluffy fluffy tattoo. And so when she passed away, I used our tattoo as the framework for my business logo. And so skulls continue to evolve in their meaning. But really, at the end of the day, I I lean into skulls as my my cross, honestly, or the rose to some people, whatever spiritual symbol you carry, the ankh, uh, skull is what does it for me and where I feel completely safe, protected, and able to step into my strength, regardless of external circumstances or what it is that I have to face in any given moment. I knew it was a powerful story. This is why I wanted to have it here. Amazing. I love that you asked me. Thank you so much. Because, you know, to, for your audience, and we're talking about authenticity, the reality is, is I've been challenged to have, like, you know, your addiction and mental health recovery coach. You have a skull for a symbol. Uh, and I show up dressed in casual clothes, regardless of where I am. The reality is, Gemma, if we're not showing up, in a way that feels really good and nurturing for us, we're not being authentic. And I really believe that. My job isn't to tell you what feels good for you. You could wear rainbow clothes. You could wear unicorn horns. If that is a thing that brings you joy, 
you get to do that. And you even get to do that, not only in your relationships, but in your job too. And for me, I want people to recognize that to, for me to teach you to be authentic, I have to be authentic, which is why I'm really appreciative that you asked me about this goal because it can have, you know, it can give mixed signals to people. Amazing. Kerry, you are such a blessing. Thank you for sharing some of your light with us. That matters so much. Your the name of your business is what exactly? So it's Kerry Lewis, Kerry Lewis Coaching. And it's okay. so funny because I love that you asked this because I'll be honest, I, I'll share an internal struggle I'm having. I, I do believe we all have need coaches. I have a coach, right? I think that as you're continuing to evolve and our soul is meant for expansion, it really is, which is another reason for your audience. I really need to impress upon you the fact that we as humans need to grow. We need to move. We need to experience. And if we're not allowing ourselves to grow, we start to wither. And that's another place where, you know, it, you end up suffering and all of that. You know what I mean? Um, and so I I actually completely forgot the question because I was on such a, a rampage about making sure that people grow and expand. My question was, what is the name of your business? And you wanted to tell us the backstory of yes, that. Thank you. So for me, it's, it's I, I started with coaching, but I really believe that my job is, is a guide. Like I, I say coach, I am a coach because a coach not only teaches, but a coach holds you accountable to take action. And that is all true. And that's what I do. And, um, as, as you guys may notice, there's not, I mean, I'm very loving, I'm very compassionate, but I don't hold back if I have to have a tough conversation with a client. But the reality is, is my job is to bear witness to and guide you as you start to examine old patterns of belief, old habitual behaviors, um, even societal conditioning family conditioning, and then support you as you start to create the beliefs, the habits, the conditions that feel right for you. Because until you actually look at the way in which you've been brought up, the beliefs that you've held true to, you don't even know if they serve you. And at the end of the day, our belief system has been embedded into us from in utero to like six or seven years old. And that's in this lifetime, right? So I don't even know beyond that. But what I'm going to tell you is we just go along because we've never stopped to say, does it serve me to be afraid of somebody who's a different color than me? Does it serve me to stay in a relationship where I'm responsible for providing all of the meals, cleaning all of the house, doing all of the laundry? Does it serve you? Now, here's the great thing about what I do. My job is not to tell you what feels right for you or not. I, I don't know because I'm not you. And there are a lot of people that I, I talk to who... Folding their 
their significant other's laundry and cooking them a nice meal feels really good and nurturing. And it's a way in which they can show their love and be expressive. But then there are people who will do those same tasks and it will feel like it is work, that it is required. And the difference is, is the belief that comes behind that action. And so my coaching or more like guiding is let's look at that belief. Does it feel good for you? Does it cause you to experience life from a place of curiosity? Does it cause you to experience life from a place of joy? Does it cause you to experience life from a place of compassion, bravery? If it does, keep it. And if it doesn't, let's get rid of it. Let me help you as you decide that this no longer serves you. And let's start to embed new beliefs into you. So that way you can actually start to experience all of those things and more. And and that is truly how you grow and expand is you give yourself permission to show up in a way that feels really yummy and good for you. Thank you for repeating the the question, as you can tell, I'm very passionate about living authentically. That is what I know from you. That is what I noticed the first thing about you. One of the amazing thing, and really um, whoever is listening to us right now, I really invite you to connect with Kerry because there is some things that she will do because that's her nature. She will drop a video of herself telling you whatever message she wants to tell you by text message. And it's like, who is that person who is asking me to change my appointment? Who? It doesn't really sound like scam. So let me answer and poke to see who that is. And it was scary. So, I mean, pretty amazing when you think about that. I mean, you know, I really invite you to, to, to connect with Gary. Gary, how can people connect with you? Yeah. Well, you know what, guys, I'm going to tell you this. It's on my website. It's on all of my newsletters. My phone number is 571-320-5206. And the reason I say that is I love unexpected calls, but the reality is, is I'm the type of person who I don't enjoy dropping an email. I don't want to type. I don't want to do any of that. I just want to pick up the phone, especially if I'm in suffering. Do I really want to have to do research? No. And if I don't answer, I promise you, I will respond. But if you're a more traditional route type person, which I absolutely respect, you can get a hold of me at kerrylewis.coach is my website. On all social media, it's kerrylewis.coach. So it's pretty easy to find me. And I hope you do because I really love to meet new people from all walks of life who are going through all different experiences. Amazing. Thank you. Tell us again your phone number. I'm going to put it on the banner. 501. So it's 571. I see. I have you wrong. 571. 5206. Okay. Is that correct? You know it. And of course, United States, so plus one if you call from abroad. Yep. And I do have WhatsApp, so feel free to hit me up. Easy. That's amazing. Kerry, thank you for enlightening us with your authenticity, your strengths, your power. You are 
your beauty is contagious and we just want to emulate ourselves inspired by you. That is a beautiful gift. And, you know, it takes a healed soul to recognize a healed soul. And, you know, I, I if I may, I want to leave your audience with, with one thing. You know, we all have intrinsic power within ourselves. We are all energy. You do not even have to be spiritual. And in fact, I'm going to tell all of you guys, I did not grow up spiritual or believing in anything other than my existence for many, many years. But my healing journey has led me to find a deeply woven connection with source energy. However, if that does not serve you, what I'm going to leave you with is this. Quantum physics, physics shows that we're all energy, okay? And energy operates at different vibrations. And if you're seeped in shame, if you're seeped in guilt, if you're seeped in apathy, if you're seeped in deep fear, then you're operating from an energy that doesn't allow you to experience the joy and the, the love that I get to attract into my experience because I've moved through all those emotions and I did live in them for many, many years. And so Gemma, you're just as much as a gift and a blessing and a light for me because you have healed your wounds, your traumas. And as a result, you and I are attracted together because we're energies that can embody and encompass each other's space and 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 kind of not take from each other but kind of flow into each other and that's what i want each one of you guys to know is you're worthy of doing the work and it is work guys whether you're you know abuse in an abusive relationship or the abuser right hurt people hurt people i don't condemn or judge anybody i ask you this why is it you're where you're at whatever that looks like. And what is it you need to do in this moment so that you can move out of that cycle and shift into a more loving, generous, and compassionate way of experiencing the world. And you can do it, but it will take work. I wholeheartedly agree. And I wholeheartedly uniting my intention with yours when you ask this question, because that question moves mountain. Really? That is that question when you can answer that question truthfully. That's where you shift. You have to. Yeah, you do. You have to. Yep. Thank you, Kerry. It's an honor, a pleasure, a privilege. Thank you for having joined us today. Thank you so much.